there are so many places we could start. Uh, I've got to pick one, <laughs> yeah. um, and that is harmonic palette. Okay. Um, just because, as with every interview I ever do, I dive deep into research and what's going on and where you're coming from, and it's an amazing experience to listen to your discography and um, not even need to know what instrument you play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is one of the few times I've listened to music on Spotify and not been like, damn, I need to find out who's on this record. Yeah. So not only instrumentally, and uh, uh, is it a very diverse thing? Uh, it's harmonically very you know, opposing ends of the harmonic spectrum are encompassed in what you do. Yes. Um, can you point to a, a, um, a connecting thread in that when I listen to your string quartet stuff, for instance, or to the ambient duets or stuff with SF Circus or any mm -hmm. of these projects? Yeah. Is there a connecting thread or are you on a project-by-project -project basis with that? Well, the, the connecting thread is that I... Uh, think of myself as a composer first mm. so you know people you know think of me as like a touch guitarist or right. playing with Tony Levin or right. stuff like that but I come from just you know pure love for music and for you know like my ideas to create sound worlds yeah. so and that really is is the connection like I studied um, you know I study music like by the pitch let's say like okay. there's one note <laughs> and like what does that note sound like in a relationship to another note mm. And so that's what harmonic palette is, is relationships of notes to each other, obviously. Right? Right, right. And then sort of like you start out like, you know, like figuring out, I think I remember I was 10 years old and I played my first like median, like F minor to A minor or something like that. <laughs> I got inspired by that, you know? Yeah. So it's that sound that I like probably heard in some, some movie soundtracks or something, you know? And then you try to understand, okay, like, you know, in, in music theory that was, that I had, I mean like learned or known about at that time that was wrong because the two you know chords weren't in the same key and so like i i started realizing back then that it's not about like rules but it's about relationships and as you say color mm -hmm. and color is relationship so a relationship in time so like harmony as in notes happening at the same time but also as a progression right so and there's so much freedom so much that can still be explored in that field alone that I, I got super inspired. So like that that's really like the foundation. Um so it's it's you know, at notes happening at the same time, but also how harmony unfolds. Right. And both of those make color. So it's it's interesting the the the, uh, the again opposing ends of the spectrum in terms of what I imagine a lot of the stuff I heard was improvised and somewhat free. Mm -hmm. Um but then there are some very like strict forms that yes. you adhere to at the same time. Yes. Um, yeah, that like the, just the where you sit on that and why you choose one over the other. Is it about the orchestration? Is it about the ensemble, the situation, the project? You know, I, I think of um, improvisation as uh, instant composition. And what has has always been important for me is like comp what like what is the difference between. Um, well, it's it's you know I don't I don't even see these opposing things there like composition and improvisation. In improvisation, you want to create form, mm -hmm. and if you create form, it becomes what people call composition, yeah. right? So anybody who play wants to play a, a good solo, let's say, composes like because you, you it's not just that you're 
you know, adding random phrases uh, to each other. Like you, you play a phrase and it has sort of like a, for lack of a better term, like some sort of meaning or mm-hmm. expression to it. Yeah. And then you take a breath or you wait and you play your next phrase. And it's actually, that's also what I think what people mean What what is that the music is between the notes. It's sort of like, Okay, so so when do I start the next phrase? What is the next expression? And only the again, like the relationship of these modules, if we want to call them that way, make the structure. Uh, and and you know, I come also from background of like the free improvisational scene, actually of the '60s, because when I was starting to study at uh, Bielefeld University, I was in an improvising uh, orchestra called the. Uh, Chaos Orchestra. Nice. And the guy who was leading it, he was at that time was only 66 or something. So he was really from the, he is a free improvising musician from the 60s. Okay. Where the idea was, you never repeat yourself. So sort of that like was the, the mandate. That was the mandate. Okay. So, and, and my, my idea like was already, okay, I can have that freedom, but I can allow myself to remember what I did a minute ago. Or three minutes ago. So, and by by actually allowing oneself to have the memory and the capacity to memorize the notes that I played, like the kind of rhythm I played. So, like keeping track of what you did. So, mm-hmm. even though you can be completely free, if you You're allow your memory to to, to yeah. log what you did, yeah. you can kind of come back to things, and that way you create structure, on compositional structure uh, within improvisation. And that has sort of like become my mandate in a way to always create musical structure, create composition as I improvise, also with other people. Right. And was that mandate uh, literal? Like literally don't repeat or, or, or was there an element and space for motivic development, for instance? Not within the uh, the ideas of my teacher. Wow. Right. So that was extreme. So that literal, was extreme. Yeah. And, and I kind of like um, – did that mm-hmm. and it was it was fascinating because it gives you like a certain freedom and also awareness of what you're doing because even if you if you're kind of asked to avoid you still have to keep track of what you did right right and so that's sort of like how i how i learned the 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 basic tool set like the skill set of being able to um to always like how should i say this um sort of thematic uh, de- development kind of like comes in improvisation right. comes from the ability to keep track of what you're doing sure. and also to being able to repeat what you've already done right and uh i think yeah. i've had that view as a as a macro view i've always tried to never make the same album again like if i look at the arc of my career of my recording mm-hmm. output i'm yeah. like i want to do something completely different i don't want to repeat yeah. anything maybe on the micro level i haven't had that as such as much as i possibly could have you experienced that with your output which is vast by the way <laughs> yes yes it is um is that a conscious yeah, thing i mean yeah. it's you know but i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i you know like sometimes i have like these themes where i say i can put out an album that uses like the same process let's say mm-hmm. and it's sort of like a part two of something okay um serialized yes yeah. yes which which Particularly makes sense if there's something that kind of like work works for me, me and for people, mm-hmm. right? So because like there was in the uh, mid uh, noughties, I yeah. had a had a hit on Pandora, like okay. a track that was played five million times Whoa. per year, and and you know at at some point like 
way later, 15 years later. So I said, okay, why don't I just try to make another track in, the, in that vein? Mm -hmm. And then I did three albums in that vein wow, okay. of that one track. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happens. But no, I I agree. Like um, because we need to also look after ourselves in terms of what inspires us, so right. what feeds us as musicians. And like doing the same thing twice, like or three or four times, same approach, same concept, is not. It's not inspiring to most musicians. So let's 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 drill down into that because there are a lot of people that we know. Uh, possibly we both know personally, but we definitely know as iconic musicians in, let's say, the jazz world, the improvised music world, who actually do that and mm -hmm. have done that for decades. They do make kind of the same record mm -hmm. over and over again. Where do you think, is that a security thing? Is that an ego thing? Is that a f coming from a place of fear that they have something that works and then they just want to keep doing that for fear of something I, failing? I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think it's always down to the individual. Like, I don't, I don't know what what the motivations or the factors are. I guess, like all of all of the things that you just mentioned, may play a mm -hmm. role. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's also actually a generational thing. Mm. Like, if 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 I'm thinking about it, because there was a time when when it was uh, safe to do something safe. Like right. nowadays, doing something safe is not going to be successful really as much as it used to be. Interesting. That's what I think. So, so the, you, that generation of people hanging over from that era are just doing that because they're doing they can. the things they are known for because they had like enough mainstream exposure. Right. But had they started now, it would, it would not be, be different. Right? Right, right, I'm right. sure it would be different. Yeah. Also, because like the whole climate of how people uh, were. Uh, I don't know if this. I'm, I just came up with this new word, like okay. business, businessifying something. Like okay. you're turning something into a business right. that actually is not a business, yeah. and that inc includes like a like a, a jargon, like like how to talk about things. Yeah. And I think a lot of a lot of how um, like the generation before the business broke down, mm -hmm. like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you sort of like get stuck in those in in those ways. Mm. And I think it would it's probably going to be the same for me. I'm going to get stuck in the, the ways of the past 20 years right. for my upcoming 20 years. I don't hope that's going to happen. So nobody's happen. immune, really. No, no, nobody's immune. And and I don't know. I think it's just. I just really believe that um, nowadays, if you're authentically yourself, that's still the way to go. And mm. I think it always was, you know. I always say, like, I when I'm in the studio making a record, I never play for the audience. I play for myself. Mm -hmm. Is that something you identify with as well in the music I, you I, make? Totally. Okay. I mean, also, and, um, you know, like, I have to take this with a grain of salt, like what I'm saying now, but I, I really don't don't even, like, the, there's there's no, like, how could I know what people <laughs> will think or feel or... You know, so so that's why for me it's kind of like pointless trying to do something that somebody would process in a certain way because I, you never know. And there's so many factors in music. Like, I think there's a healthy yeah. way to look at it. That's exactly yeah. the way I look at it. But mm -hmm. I hear so many people that don't look at it that way. You know, and they're like, "Oh, we did this thing. It was super successful. We know what our audience wants." Mm -hmm. It's like you're almost short. You're short changing the but, audience. You know, do, do you really think that musicians would say that if there wasn't like the framework, like the business framework, in it, like 
Yeah, I think you're like, totally right. It's changed. Like yeah, the landscape yeah. has changed. The framework is completely different from yes. the 70s, for instance. So, so that's why I think, um, yeah. I mean, if it's it's also like about about the the individual uh, objective, let's say, right? Right. Okay. So, what what do you want? What, what do you want? If you want financial um, wealth, or or even just some don't sort of safety, don't be a musician. <laughs> yeah, don't be a musician. Or like, if you're a musician and you have some sort of success and you think you need to hold on to it, mm. you don't. You can't think yet that you would be able to move into some other field. Um, Uh, of work to make money, then probably it it could make sense. Yeah, let's like let's hold on to the formula right. and and exploit it as long as it works. I I mean I have no problem with that. I think it's it's good if people. It's kind of cool also if people that are kind of like creative uh -huh. at first, let's say, right, and then they they can actually modify themselves in a way to to do things differently. Hmm. I kind of appreciate change sure. in people, so I I think it's kind of cool. Mm. What is not cool is those if those people are very unhappy, right? And like some people, you know, turn up on my right. couch, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that need help, kind of like regaining their original vision and their original love for mm. what they originally set out to do, because that can happen. That you like suddenly you look back, oh, the last thirty years I didn't really do what I wanted to do, mm. and that can be painful. Is that something you run into professionally a lot in your like other jobs, shall we say? Yeah, I do. Specifically with musicians. Yeah. Is that something you do? You work exclusively with musicians. Um, it's it's not my aim to do that, okay. but it's mostly musicians that end up um, you gotcha. working with me because mm -hmm. it's sort of like part of my overall um, approach to teaching music mm -hmm. is to also look at the psychological aspects. Sure. N Not overtly, actually. Right. It just comes up. Sure. You know? <laughs> It's unavoidable. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you, and, and as you know very well, like a personal practice is sort of like the most powerful tool for personal change. Mm. Right? And so what I'm, what I'm kind of like, I'm working with ways to kind of like extend the exercise, let's say, from the purely physical and musical to also to the psychological side of yeah. things. Right? I don't think I've made uh, advances as big as I have when I've made an advance that hasn't been mostly mental. You know what I mean? You hit this huge, I think, peak of like technical prowess in the beginning because all you do is play your instrument and then it's like, okay, well, what the hell do I do now? Yeah. How do I maintain any kind of sanity throughout this yeah, and journey? You know, I, I think like the um, cultural social framework for like doing things as you say, mentally or differently than different, uh, different in a mental way, mm -hmm. right? Would be would be it's it's not really encouraged in our culture, right. especially in the Ameri U.S. American culture. Yeah, I was going like, to say, what's the difference in Europe with that? In your experience, is it more? It's it's favorable. Uh, it's, it's a little easier to take your time, mm. right? You don't have less as pressure. Much pressure, okay, to kind of like, uh, you know, for example, so when improvising. Right, for me, the ideal would be to always, at any point, to be aware. If I want to, mm -hmm. to be aware of the note that I'm playing, the actual pitch, the name of it, mm -hmm. and more importantly, the relationship to say the root note. Okay. So the interval, mm -hmm. and with that comes obviously, as we said, like the color, the tensions, yeah, all of that. So ideally, even if you play like you have 30-second notes, mm -hmm. every one of those, 
you would want to be avail- you know, uh, aware of what they do and what they sound like in terms of their tension. Okay. Right? So that is very, very difficult to attain. You can only attain that if you kind of like it, get that sort of level of understanding on a conscious level mm-hmm. and then you transfer it to the subconscious. Right. And at that point... You're simply moving your fingers, and you know. I think you know, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're basically <laughs> not thinking; you're just moving your fingers. But you know that because, like, our processor here yeah. is so much faster than what we can consciously grasp, so that we can be we can be sure at some point that we are aware, but subconsciously. Yeah. Right. So the definition of awareness usually is that it's got to be conscious. Right. But I believe that by making awareness. things conscious they can be kind of transferred back to the subconscious mm. and you can have sort of like the you can be sure and confident that your choices are not random so right? the so when you're conscious of it is that more in the practice routine or is that on the stage or where do you see that uh, yeah like like i'm talking about the practice yeah. practice routine okay, good. right so and what i mean is like so 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 in in uh in in some cultures, like where much a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. people like always, and this I, I I see this all the time. They want shortcuts. Oh yeah, right. And Absolutely. The, and I mean, and the shortcut simply doesn't ex- it doesn't exist. No, right. You, there's no shortcut so, to so, experience. So, so right? thinking <laughs> thinking of thinking of playing, you know, like chunk, you know, like like, so in a way, a, a pitch, right? Say yep. an A. It's an A. It's an absolute thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's an A. But thinking of an A as part of a C major scale, let's mm-hmm. say, right, is like you're, you're chunking things. You're kind of like taking seven notes and giving those seven notes a name. Yeah. So then you believe, some people believe, that they all they need to do is to play the C major scale on top of a C major chord, and then everything's going to be all right. To sound good, yeah. Yeah, but that's not the case, <laughs> no. right? So the difference is really like okay, like where do I chunk? And and so yeah. in if you're in a culture where it's allowed that you break th- things down, and you spend enough you, that you're allowed to spend enough time with playing an A on a C major chord, let's right. say, you understand what it sounds like, right? And it's about that A. It's not about the A being part of the collection of the notes of the C major scale. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is really even though you could say, well, but it's the same thing. No, it's not. No, yeah. I I totally agree. And it's that my new immersion in each factor that I don't think is commonplace as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I know when I started, it's funny you say the the note A. One of my strongest memories is understanding what A was on a G minor 9 chord. Yes. I mean, just like I can feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up right now mm-hmm. as I remember being 15 years old, sitting at the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, Alison Moyer's arrangement of that old devil called love. Yes. And right. Yeah. What a weird, yeah. random place to get yeah. to it. It's like those of us who find bebop in Mike Stern, but then go yeah. back to Charlie Parker. I found that in mm-hmm. Alison Moyer and then went back to Frank Sinatra or something. But mm-hmm. just, I played that voicing mm-hmm. thousands of times. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I understand this clunk, clunk, clunk next. Yes. It was thousands of times, weeks of just that, vo- not even another key. Yes. Just A in the context of yes. G. Never mind B flat in the context of A flat. I think that is 
not promoted so much. I think the goal is so much more pressurized to attain. Exactly. And yeah. it's, you know, it's that richness that you experienced there which really makes the difference. So now imagine you take away the G minor mm-hmm. from the A and all that's left is the A, right? Mm-hmm. So some people would say, oh, it's just an A. <laughs> no, it's a whole world yeah. of or millions of worlds contextual worlds that this A can exist in Mm -hmm. and it will always have a slightly different role and function if you want to think in functions or color Mm -hmm. and and you know that that awareness is I got lucky because when I was like three four years old my parents started taking me to music school Mm. and I remember it was like you know Karl Orff the composer he sort of had like also like a a method for teaching children and so there was like the Orpheus Instrumentarium was called. So instruments for Orpheus yeah. method, let's say. So and and it was individual blocks of a xylophone, so one note at a time. Ah. So that's how I got taught music. So <laughs> so they gave me an A first. Wow. I had an A. I, I don't. I'm not exactly sure. It wasn't. It could have been okay. an E okay. or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I had one note first, yeah. and I was banging as a child yeah. on that A. And then they gave me a G, <laughs> and I heard like, ah, okay. Oh, wow. Well, so for me, even though, like I said, like everything is in the relation of the notes to each other, but there's also something absolute mm-hmm. about each individual pitch, and what is absolute about it is that it's it's a whole universe of application. There's a whole universe of applications for each one of those notes out there. Right. So that's that's that was sort of like the start of how I coming back to the idea of color. Mm. How I think of color. You know, also like one pitch, one note is color for me because I hear the overtones. Sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And like we are kind of blessed playing stringed instruments, yeah. you know. So a lot we of have them. different <laughs> we have different we have different ways to play the same note and different yeah. strings and it's always sli- sounding slightly different. And and so there's there's yeah. It, it it puts uh, bass or touch guitar so far down the list of priorities when it comes to what we do as musicians, I think, yeah. to me. Like, yeah. I always say I'm a musician who just happens to play the bass. Like, yeah, exactly. You know what it's I mean? the same for me. Yeah. Same for me. And you know, I before we started talking, I just sat down on the on the piano yeah, right. and I played a little, right? right. right? And, I'm, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't, I'm not, a, I don't play piano. Right. Right. Absolutely, I'm I'm totally with you. It's funny that when I do, well, I, I I shunned social media. I got rid of all social media, like mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole thing gone. But when I did, used to post little clips of like me playing piano. The, the overwhelming uh, number of comments, like, "Wow, you sound like just like on the piano, like you do on the bass." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not uh, many people were kind to say that, but not m- that many people made the connection of why. And I find that kind of fascinating that. It's like, from a bass player perspective, how I hear it, it's like the bass player who learns to slap. Yeah. And they go on their gig and they play the slap solo and the crowd goes, whoa. And they're like, oh, this is good. I can use this for the next 40 years. And that's all they do for the rest of their career. And they don't go, it's like running 26 miles and they don't go the point two miles to finish the marathon to discover <laughs> the other world yeah. beyond it. Yeah. I, I Yeah, it's kind of fascinating that curiosity is not, promoted yeah yeah uh, i agree and how is from an educational standpoint 
like I think like jazz school and all that kind of stuff is like one of the biggest scams in music education. Yep, yep for sure. Um, like those guys in the fifties and sixties didn't call it Dorian and Mixolydian and all, all these things. They just innovated music and melody and harmony and, and color, like you say. Where is that hap- going in Europe, for instance? Do you see that? Well, I'm I'm not really uh, that connected that much to that scene of uh, because I do my own thing, right? But yeah, I did have some. Uh, I crossed paths with uh, institutionalized mm-hmm. education. I think, like, if we're not even talking about like the content or the curriculum itself, mm-hmm. I think it's it's very much about the fact that everything needs to be a business these days, right? And I think that is that is really the where the tipping point somehow where things go from potentially being art education, where yes. I would say art education is something you you isn't is cannot be a business. Well, there's no curriculum, right? Yeah. For exactly. art education, exactly. <laughs> and with but and without a curriculum, you can't convince mom and dad to spend all the money on. I guess that's what it is. Timmy. I know and, that's what it is here. Yeah, you couldn't possibly go to USC and spend seventy thousand dollars a year, which I believe is what it costs. If 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 it was just, let's see what happens. Yeah, but that's what it's what, exactly what you need. Exactly, <laughs> and that, like, that's what would be worth seventy thousand. Exactly. And the thing is, like, you pay seventy thousand to be like ninety percent of the time for for entertainment. Yeah, let's just call it entertainment, and it w- won't really get you where you need to be if you if you want to do. If you want to be an artist, I don't. It's also not a great word, artist. Right. But um, yeah, like I mean, like I, I don't know how we want to talk. Let's just call it artist. Sure, okay. Sure. So if you want to become an artist, you, it's more than it's more. It's it's about. I mean, some people say that you have to you have to have something to say. Okay. Right. I kind of like don't don't agree with that so much it's not about having to say something it's more about what comes out okay right so it's not that you have to have a thought that you want to you but know you don't have to utter. make a statement every yeah time. you don't yeah. you okay. don't you don't know you know you ideally you don't want to know what the utterance is mm. but you're, you're you're kind of like training and giving well training but also giving your body experiences yeah. that will create a certain Expression. Let's sure. just call it. Sure. So you know, I I um, I talked with Steve Coleman a few times. Okay. And uh, Steve is a great teacher, but he's an arts teacher. Okay. You know? Okay. Like, so, and and he, you know, I and I don't want to repeat the stories he told me, but but he said like very much like the way the th- the the things that Charlie Parker did that were not music. He thought were very much influencing what he was doing as a musician. Okay. So how you how you act out in life, mm-hmm. also how how wide your your range of behavioral like of expression is. Yeah. Like, it, can you be an aggressive person? Are you an aggressive person? Are you a softy? Right. Like, <laughs> do you always try to be like in the middle? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And like, do you allow yourself to actually? Um, um, Use the word arsehole that we used to be like <laughs> yeah. before we start recording. Like, do you allow yourself to sometimes be an arsehole? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And you know that that sort of like shows in your playing because then then you then you allow yourself to play a wrong note, like what other people would consider to be a wrong note, mm-hmm. and you can push things in a different direction. Yeah. So if if you don't have that courage, 
uh, right? Like you know, in, you know, if you're just working more for yourself, it's easy to kind of like um, make an alteration to the scale that sounds cool to you, but right, somebody right. else would hate. It. Sure, sure. Yeah, but if you if you're playing with other people, you always have to kind of like negotiate the social contract. Let's yeah. say. And that is something that, you know, that people are not good at. That's why it's important to kind of like live a life, um, sort of like, here's another example. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, yeah. Another example would be, uh, do you only ever want to have one girlfriend in life or boyfriend mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. So for some people it's the best thing in the world. Right. Right. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, I have to say, like, I would have missed out on so many learning opportunities right. and experiences if I only ever had stayed with one person. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that's that's how I feel about music as well. Mm. I mean, music, music is my best friend and music is my partner in a way. Sure. Um, but I want to experience different versions. Yeah, for sure. Of that partner. And I want that partner to change also, to be allowed to change. It's interesting that, to think about the disconnect of that with music education and what that ends up producing. Mm -hmm. And the, the that whole set of instincts that seem to be missing mm -hmm. in terms of the interaction and negotiating the social contract, like you said, mm -hmm. um, that seems to be a, maybe a generational thing again, something that's fallen by the wayside for a shorter attention span in the audience, perhaps that seems to be there. Where do you see that? I, I think it's what we already said. It's that um, people need to make money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. And, and that's why, that's why, I mean, it's clever and it's also not, not a bad thing per se to sort of like figure out uh, what the rules are to create a certain sound mm. like jazz right. like the sound of jazz I mean which doesn't exist yeah, <laughs> but some people claim it exists because you can package it and you can sell it right and that's not bad per se mm -hmm. if the people who would if would would take those chunks of information and they would pr process them knowing that it's just one set of rules right and it can be useful yeah right like you there's there's a lot in it that is very useful, mm -hmm. right? But you need to be aware that it's not it. I, a friend of mine put it so well. He he said that uh, Sylvester Stallone is not Rambo, and a lot of people think that he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought that was an amazing line. I've tried to use it as many times as I possibly can. It normally has this reaction from people who know what's up. But... On so many levels, the way things are packaged, mm -hmm. it convinces people mm -hmm. that the thing is something that is very much not. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is scary to me. Like I, I, with 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 putting social media aside and concentrating more on my curiosity rather than the outside influence of what anyone else is doing, um, I've kind of managed to quieten that noise now. But it, you go out into the world and it creeps in. You can't avoid it unless you're going to be a complete hermit. That's what scares me because that seems to be what is predominant what is the the overarching kind of yeah. mandate now you yeah. know and you know there are just like certain myths out there mm -hmm. that really uh destroy young people's souls 
For example, like when it comes to improvisation, just this idea that you need to be able to hear what you play. Like, how can that be a starting point? I mean, like, that's that's something to arrive at at some point. Yeah, sure, I agree. Mm-hmm. But it's, it can be a starting point. Like, how can you, with no, to the... with no skill, with no skill right. at all, how could you, like, translate something that maybe in your head or maybe not in your head? Right. Maybe you need to play it first to hear it. Sure. Right? So so this is this is really, like, a horrible thing if if you're starting from that point of, like, believing that you can only improvise if you can recreate what you hear in your head on mm-hmm. your instrument. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's why technique and so, sort of like also unmusical technique is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? If you if you just kind of like learn to move your fingers on the on the stage, right. let's say that it's like your ballet dancers yeah. on your stage, that is the fretboard, yeah. right? That is much more useful to become a good musician from the get-go than trying to believe you have to know what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? So, so like, like my way of saying it is let's start with or where we know something. Yeah. So Don't so, underestimate so you, you, what you already know, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. You start where, with things that you already know yeah. and you build on top of uh, those. Yes, 100%. So don't kind of like believe that you can only start improvising when you know what you're doing, no, you can improvise right away. But I also think people don't understand that there is a progression like that and they see the goal and they're like, no, I want to get to the goal and there is the goal and improvising kind of is that eventually, once you have all of those skills, yeah. it is hearing what you play, yes. but that's based on a foundation of experience. And then they see the goal and then there are like 500 people selling them on a lie that they can have that goal in five easy steps or yes. the only scale you ever need to know to improvise blah 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 <laughs> like that's what's they're, that's what they're being fed with you yeah. know yeah. it's like oh are you yeah. 100 pounds overweight use our diet pill it's the only thing that will ever get you thin again mm-hmm. no it yeah, isn't exactly. stop eating and, cakes and take a walk every day you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and that that really is is the um the source, I think, of a lot of these um, misunderstandings. Let's right. just call them misunderstandings. Yeah, sure, sure. And and, and I think it's it's uh, relatively easy to remedy, and which is which is sort of like the the, the funny thing about it. Like mm. you only need to run into a good teacher, and a good teacher will sort you out. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, like even the other day at the baked potatoes, somebody asked me. Marcus, what is the one advice you would give? Him? Again, <laughs> the like classic, kind of the classic, classic thing. question. And yeah. I said, get a good teacher. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good answer as well. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and what I mean with teacher is not an institutionalized yes thing, yeah, but a teacher, someone who cares first of yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, someone who's actually going to take you at face value and assess who you are and what you are and yeah. listen to what you want. I always say, like, my only job as a teacher is to like be inspiring you yeah. know or like and figure out all the parts of the framework that allow you to you know yeah. do what you want to do so this this morning i i, I taught a lesson for okay. example right and and so it, this guy is sort of like a beginner kind of and and i blew his mind by just showing him okay like we have triads mm-hmm. and we have like four kinds of triads if you want to think if you're stacking thirds yeah. right and and Okay, so now like harmonize your C major scale, like the way he, that he already knew. I said, okay, now, so you can just decide that whenever you get to the to the fourth degree, like to the F, that you play uh, a diminished chord instead of a major chord. Right. 
and you just make that decision. It yeah. doesn't, you know, it's just that for that brief moment when you get to that chord, you're sort of like changing to what is it like G flat major or whatever it then would be, like F diminished, right? yeah, yeah, or F something diminished. like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. right? So, so, so it just to give people sort of the freedom that you have like these colors even in the most basic structures, right? And all you need to do is to 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 change one note. Mm -hmm. Or two, right? And 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 to give people the freedom to sort of like start start sort of like experimenting, yeah. Like find out like okay, it it you don't it doesn't even you don't even need to know that you're playing triads or whatever. Right. But for some people who are already sort of like in that system, the way that I work is I, and this is something that comes from my because I'm um, as a psychologist I'm I'm working with. Uh, Sort of like something that used to be called NLP. Okay. Um, so anyway, so to give people options, yeah, that's sort of like the idea. So you're installing options in in your in your behavior, mm -hmm. and that behavior includes your thoughts, right? Right. So and if you just kind of like start moving the notes around of a triad, you realize, okay, which kind of kind of combinations do I have here? And then you say, okay, like if I'm I may be playing my C major scale. But I change whenever I get to the C major, I play a C minor chord. Right. So these very simple rules, they they open those doors, and if you just do that for a few months, like you're a completely different person. So there's an interesting uh, follow up. How regularly do you see enough students regularly to see that improvement over the course of months and over decades? I you have, do. I have okay. I have students that will work with me over, okay. over a decade. And and that's why I also, um, I don't think there's a one-fits-all solution ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Right. I so totally each agree, yeah. each person is individual. Each like the 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 learning curve is different. Like some people need a lot lot of time. Some pe for some people it's almost like a switch. Right. Tell them something it's, it's instantaneous. Yeah. And um, and I'm I'm okay with with anything that the that the, the student offers, sure. right? I don't have students, uh, actually any students, like one-on-one -on -one students, so I don't mm -hmm. get to see that arc. Mm -hmm. um, but I do notice when I go and do clinics, master classes at universities, I have very similar experiences of unlocking things with triads very specifically yes. and chords and spread triads and saying just move the middle note up an octave yes. and suddenly you have whoa what is what is this sound you know you're playing chords now whoa that was <laughs> literally the switch moments yes. right so yes. uh, but then i also see i'm like it's shocking to me that i get to see a second year university student mm -hmm. who is not aware of the form of a 12 bar blues in a major university, I think it's. I think it's even worse. I had the experience well, where some <laughs> where, where some people didn't even know where the notes were on their instrument. Right, and and I was asked to uh, to teach a course on recording, like wow. studio work. Okay, and the people on my course they they didn't even know what the notes were. Right. So how I mean how I'm supposed, and and this is I mean it's it's okay, but like. It was a clear example for me that you know these institutions they need to earn money, mm -hmm. um, even though uh, well I don't know how that is with like institutions here if they really if they really not filtering out people um, that much but um, I experienced that yeah. and I I think and and you know like for me and this is this is sort of like how I am right like I could have gone and said okay this guy doesn't belong here no I did the opposite. 
I took the opportunity of this course to teach him. Right. Yeah, sure. So, so even though I was supposed to teach him how to record in the studio, I really teach took him, him at the side names, and yeah. said, and, 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 and it worked. <laughs> yeah. And he was yeah. great. And he, he, you know, he's a great guy. I'm all about that as well. Like, it's rather than being like, oh, for fuck's sake, what are you doing? I, w I definitely want to help in that situation, 100%. Um, I just, I wonder, um, I wonder that, like, when I think back to going to Berkeley, for instance, mm -hmm. 20, oh, <clears throat> a lot of years ago, 25 years ago, um, and maybe this is just me or it's a very individual approach to it, the shame I would feel not knowing the bridge to Nika's dream or just insert anything of anything, I would just, I would... I like, can assure you, I don't know any bridge of any song. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, like the, 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 it wasn't even pressure. It was what was encouraged was at the time what it felt like a very healthy, uh, um, uh, encouragement to learn, like mm -hmm. to be good, mm -hmm. to have this repertoire that you're there for a reason. This is the reason. Are you, are you in? Then you're all in. You know, and now I see someone who's like scraping through a blues and they've already been there two years. Like what's going on? Like, why haven't you addressed this 18 months ago or 23 months ago? Yeah. I'm, I wonder I'm, what I'm that kind is. Of, I'm kind of undecided. Like if I want to agree there with you because about like, you, about like maybe, maybe this two years of like, you, you never know. Like maybe the two years, like trying to kind of fumble through the blues, yeah. may be the right thing for that for person, that person because that person maybe doesn't want to have anything to do with the blues. Like in a way, because what's happening is like, yeah. like a lot of, and that's like jazz education comes, doesn't come from a tabula rasa. Right. You don't come from a, from a, from a, from a whiteboard. Yeah. You're coming from something that already has, that's, it's a very rich painting. Yes. So you're, you're, you're kind of like presented with something that, Maybe you don't really like the aesthetic so much. Right. But right? that's exactly it. The amount of times I ask the question, like with playing a blues or I'm instructing them or, or, or breaking down what they did, I'm like, so who are your favorite band? And the first thing they say is like dream theater. Yes. I'm like, well, why are you here? Yeah. Like that, that is yeah. very true yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Why are you here? Or, yeah. or even like, why don't you do that? <laughs> yeah. Why, why don't you do that? Or then, okay, like now you can become aware of the fact that we're dealing with something very different here. Yeah. So it re requires a different kind of swagger. Let's just say like mental swagger. Sure. So, so, so do you want to try it? Right. But yeah. And also I'm amazed that like, there are actually so many similarities. Mm -hmm. I can find similarities between dream theater and a blues. I can find 10 right off the top of my head sure. and try and make that connection for them yeah. to get that light bulb moment. Yes. yes. But you know, here, there you go. I think, like if really the interest lies in one specific kind of music with a student, let's say, yeah, right. The question is: Is this really a music student? Mm. Okay, right, right. So, right. and again, like, and if it's not, then the question is: Do you, as a teacher, want to find ways to get the student excited about music in general? Mm -hmm. Right. And sometimes it's really just not about the music. It's about what's attached to it. Mm. Like I, I keep saying that, you know, uh, maybe like one of my favorite bands, The Cure. Yeah. So maybe they started out playing the music they played because they wanted to attract girls. I don't know. It could be. I think there's a high chance of that. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. So, but still they make great music. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out to be great music, but they didn't know. Yeah. You know, well, I pretty much think that they 
loved music when they started making music. But yeah. anyway, so so it really doesn't it really doesn't even doesn't matter what the original motivation was. You can still uh, get excited about something even at a later age. Right? It's crazy to think that with jazz education, the goal is already set, kind of. Yeah, it's not that discovery of yeah. like what. Yeah, I that's want. why. Yeah. And that's why it hardly works. Yeah. Yeah. but it's also you know like not everybody uh is made to be um say an explorer right or yeah. a creator yeah. if you want to put it that way yeah. i think that you can pretty much sort of uh think of the world as we know it uh as it's described in uh what is it uh uh greek what is it, tra tragedy or like theater sure. of, yeah, yeah. of the, you know, ancient Greek, like you have the gods and you like the mythology, you sure, have the yeah, gods, Greek you have mythology. the demons and, and sort of like where, okay, the gods are sort of like the, the people, let's just mm -hmm, call them people mm -hmm. that create the materials that others can work with. Yeah. Right. So you could have like, you could have gods, you could have demons, demons, let would say what, like the, my definition would be those people that can create the materials, but they can work with materials that others create. Sure. So they are creators as well. Yeah. But in a different, in a nested system yeah, right. somehow. <laughs> right. So, and, yeah. and you need, you need all these sides. So that's why you have somebody who writes a song. You have somebody who play, performs a song. Sure. The performer doesn't have to be the writer. The writer doesn't yeah. have to be the performer. And all of these options, they, they're there. And, and we need to be aware that like maybe, that one person that's struggling with the blues is probably one of the greatest songwriters of all time. <laughs> right. Right. And, right. and that's sort of like how I see it. And that's why it's important to make sure not to discourage people, but to kind of like give them a way to find what they really are, what they are really passionate about. Yeah. When you, uh, when you embark on a project, um, what are you looking for? in in those collaborators like with the stuff with sf circus or or actually any of these i'd listen to so much i think you put out 423 albums in 2022 yes yeah. <laughs> that's correct but um yeah like what is it that turns you on about like oh this is the right moment is it does it come from a place of composition and you first and then you go in search of the other person or no like in the um most band projects i have are completely improvisational yeah and what i'm looking for in those people is um that freedom and listening mm -hmm. and joy of exploration and really that's what it is yeah and um you know like my my band anchor and burden which mm -hmm. is sort of like one of the main things i'm doing these days um is is really meant to kind of like demonstrate in a way for myself, not actually to others, but right. for myself, what is possible if you have, if you adopt the mindset of total freedom and, but total freedom not, not in creating noise, right? So, right. But, but, but in, in doing, in, in collective improvisation, but as I said before, improvisation as composition. Right. Right. So how can a group of people resonate so well with each other that, I mean, just like that get back film with the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they, it's a long process, like, yeah. like three, six, whatever weeks yeah. of, of that. But you can get and go in the studio with a few guys and you can sort of develop a vision like that and you can, you can uh, execute it right away. Yeah. And that's sort of like my interest and to see how, 
how really the listening, and I think that's probably what it is, the listening skills, um, sort of slot in with the playing skills. Yeah. And that, so it needs to be, have the same, uh, level and same value for the person. Right. right? So, and, and as you know, it's like maybe the most difficult thing really to, uh, to learn as a musician yeah. to be able to play and listen at the same time. Totally. Right. And so that's, that's really, I guess, what I'm looking uh, for in people that I'm playing with. Right. right. And then even within that context, like even if you are listening to never question your intuition to maybe do something that may step on somebody else's toes. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you texted me from the studio. We, we now share this studio that we went to. Both. Have you, was that your first time there? When uh, you texted me in La Casa, La Casa Morale? No, no. Oh, you've we, been there We many started times. recording there seven years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually. So you, so I'm with Asaf and Mark I'm, Wingfield. And, I'm the rookie here. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. but, uh, in that instance, when I was cutting my new album last year, that was all about pure trust, which I think you have to have. That's what you're talking That's about, what I'm right? Talking about, yeah. yeah. And the fact that the drama will just change the tempo in the middle of nowhere and everyone has to accept that it's the perfect thing for the song exactly and then it is exactly. you know that was very very nice that was like okay i could play with this trio for the rest of my life type of nice you know and and really it's also uh with the stickman with pat maslot and tony mm -hmm. levin it's it's kind of similar even though we don't write in an in improvisation we write together but mm -hmm. like we never quest question each other's parts right and never. your parts are very interchangeable especially you and tony i noticed the other night at the show I was like, hang on, how is Tony suddenly... No, that's Marcus. Okay, how is... Mar no, that's Tony. You know, it's very much back and forth yeah, with the way it's orchestrated. And, and sometimes we kind of take that into account when we compose, mm -hmm. but at other times we compose and then we play... I may be playing Tony's part and he plays mine right. live, you know? Right. And and But yeah, it's the trust, as you say, it's the trust and like just not... I mean, this is this is sort of like... You know, if you're really going getting deep in, with psychology, please. Right? One, one of <laughs> one of the main issues that we have as human beings is that we always want to be right. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and that leads people to commenting or believing that they need to give their opinion or you know their their two cents about everything, right? And anything, yeah. And and that is and that that is a problem. I mean, let just people do their job. <laughs> yeah. You know. And yeah, obviously we are we're in the wonderful position where we can work with people, where we where we can have that trust. There's no. You don't need to question. Yeah. I don't know, like you know, every musician of your career you want to pick, you don't need to question what they do yeah. because they do what they do. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully you hire them because of that, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you hire them, or you know, you're in the in the in the wonderful uh, situation where it's a real band. Yeah, right? for sure. And and there doesn't make sense to question the contribution of the bass player. Yeah, like you know, that's why some things are so awkward. Like when I think about Tony Levin, you know, playing on on uh, what is it like a Dire Straits record, mm -hmm. and the bass player is there, right? Like the original bass player yeah, right. is there, <laughs> and you know I talked about that with Tony the other day. Like it's 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 awkward, yeah. you know. It's awkward was awkward for him as well. Yeah. Right? So the producer brings in a different bass player. Like why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's a tough one. 
thankfully I haven't had to experience that. As, much, <laughs> as nice as it would be to play on a Dire Straits record, that's, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, yeah, I think I feel maybe the most ever in my career as an artist or whatever, mm -hmm. band leader, shall we say, that I have a band, which is a very nice feeling. And especially we made a documentary about the whole process and of course they were each band member was interviewed that i didn't hear so i i, I edited it so mm -hmm. i got to hear the whole interviews mm -hmm. and what was amazing was listening to the guys say exactly what i wanted from them but having never said it to them yeah you know what i mean and they were all they were both excited about the fact that we were just going there and we were just going to play and there was nothing really there was no framework and that was exciting to them so it was really nice to hear that after the fact and yeah, the fact and, that and it that, worked was, out. that was usually happens when you when you just let things be, right? Right. But it takes it has taken me a while to get to that space. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. As as for anyone who's listening out there, like thinking about, well, how the hell do you get there? Like, maybe don't don't put pressure on yourself to make it happen. Like, it was it didn't feel manufactured at all. It did. It felt honest and it felt natural. You know, it's it's a little bit like. Um, so obviously, I'm I'm a proponent of practicing, right? Okay. Yes. Same. However, right? Sometimes not practicing may be the exact right thing to practice. Right. Right. It's also practicing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so and once you, I think, as a musician, once you start accepting that you go with the flow and let life is life, and you know, there's one way of saying it which I love: there's life before death. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Right. So, sure. so, so, so you you actually have to live, mm -hmm. and and so, you know, that's why when people come to me who haven't played in thirty years, and they start playing again, and they realize, wow, you are incredibly talented, and you didn't do this for thirty years. Right. It's kind of it's sad well, in a way, yeah, yeah. but it's also it makes me incredibly happy that then they are there right. with me, and you see, like, wow, you're making beautiful stuff here. Yeah. Like and then then I kind of like feel sometimes not feel sorry for them, but I'm I, I like kind of like see okay what kind of pain must these people have gone through right like pushing that aside to not do that for yeah. for like work and family yeah yeah so I you know there's 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 that's where the balancing act really is yeah is happening so how much work do I how how much social uh, contact do I want I mean I I was lucky. I have to say lucky that as a really young boy I um I was basically on my own mm -hmm. because my father had a bad accident okay and so like the family situation changed so much that I kind of like had a lot of time on my own and I was able to kind of channel channel that time and energy into acquiring more musical knowledge that was mm. before I was playing okay Right, so it was listening. when I when I started with listening, yeah. when I started like dabbling on keys and yeah. stuff, and um, you know, there's always a time in one's life where you can, I guess, what people call woodshed here. Yeah. Right. So maybe you only need to woodshed for like two, like a week, uh -huh. and then the result of the woodshedding for a week will be that you you have fuel for like six months. Right. Right. Sure. Right. And that's sort of that's sort of like also important in terms of arts teaching. Yeah. You know, not as I say, not uh, not institutionalized. Yeah, yeah. To allow people to take time off. 
Yeah, and 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 allow those phases to come and go. Yes, you know, it's and not and and you know that you used the word before, which I haven't gotten gone into. Use the word shame. Uh huh. Huge thing. Shame yeah. is a huge thing. It really is is the you could say the opposite of the driver of life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. And it's and, the downtreader yeah, of and life. And you know, like shaming is like the number one thing how people act within musical circles mm. it's that like you're playing a wrong note no right no i'm figuring it out yeah yeah right that's that's sort of like no you don't tell me what's wrong i'm figuring this out my fingers are not doing yet what i think i would want to do right don't tell me it's a mistake no i'm figuring it out yeah right and that requires courage uh, I and like I said, I got lucky. You know, from a very young age, I was aware of peer pressure and this kind of thing. And I knew, okay, like you guys want to go play pool, you know, like billiard, yeah, um, and smoke, yeah. No, I'd rather be home and listen to music or sure. I work on, you know. Yeah, whatever. I'm the same way. I'm the yeah, so. I was exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, way. I know you you started so early. I mean, your career started so early, right? Like you were maybe probably eighteen or something, or ah, when I started to play gigs and touring and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so you, yeah, I yeah. started actually practicing yeah, you, or playing when I was twenty. Oh, it was okay. super late. Okay, yeah, and I think I came to the bass late because I was fifteen when I came to the bass, but and I was already ten when I came to classical guitar. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. been a while. It's been mm -hmm. thirty something years of playing music. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So that's. Did you feel at the time like? Were you aware, like, or, like technically, maybe that you were playing catch up to be where you wanted to be to realize the things you were hearing? I, I you know, I didn't, did you feel didn't, any didn't pressure? Have any any technical skill, let okay. alone any musical instrument, before I was like twenty years old. Okay, um, I was sort of like talented enough to be able to play, like, like. Yeah, classical guitar. Like okay. I remember I had my first classical guitar lesson when I was uh, on my 15th birthday. Okay. It was. <laughs> and so I was able to figure things out. Like I knew I could read music. Some um, basic mechanics. Yeah, so yep. basic mechanics. But it was always just like putting things together in the moment. So mm -hmm. there was never this idea that it could come through me rather than through the, through the, the written music. Yeah, through the page. Right? So that's, that's how I learned about learned music mm. right and that never inspired me to actually practice mm. you know because i was like i could do that translation uh you know rather badly but it was enough right and and it i had to um when i was 18 years old i went to a guitar craft course with robert fripp and that was the oh. that was where the point where my life changed okay. where i was being shown and i saw that actual like work changes right oneself right so that that something like that was possible and so that's why yeah it, it nice. took me a long time to kind of like catch up onto the idea of learning uh -huh. as sad as it may sound yeah but we all arrive at the place at the right time i think right yeah and, and that's what i'm saying i yeah. think all that time that i did not have the mode of practicing i was basically forming my artistic self right that's how i look at it and i actually know. i i feel that's what's missing in so many players who go through the institutionalized version of education is that they don't spend enough time listening like i, I always like 
somebody will ask a question like, I, I want to be better at walking bass. Yeah. Well, can you name me 20 legendary walking bass players mm, right up okay. the top of your head? Yeah. And did you transcribe 500 choruses of Paul Chambers? You know, you, you know, the funny thing is like, and you do it too, right? You don't have to say 500. Like even yeah. one. Oh yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? Like you start yeah. with one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so that's but that's what I mean. Like yeah. we have as part of our culture, we have it's kind of ingrained in our language that we say things this way. Yeah. Right. And this is where we need to be more careful and look at ourselves to like how do we how do we go out into and how do we put our love out into the world? Right. Because the reason why you said that was from coming from point of love. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So, and it's because still, what still, I did, but it's not right for the person who hasn't yeah, done, who's yeah, done and also, zero. And also, know? like like I say, as a starting point, like if somebody hears 500, they're never not going to start. Right. <laughs> but if they start with the first bar. Yeah. Four notes. Yeah, sure. Do like your B flat major. Yeah. Which notes do you play? Right, right, right. Right? And you start there. And then and I, I find that that's powerful. Sure. Because you're kind of like you are sowing a seed and and then it starts growing. Yeah. As you said, like the 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 aim is already defined in jazz education, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's why it's not working. Yeah, yeah. I'm always trying to encourage the 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 step beyond that. You know, the, yeah. the, like the, you see the goal that everyone else sees, but there's another one beyond that that yeah. none of us know what it is yet. Only you will find that. And it's uh, yeah. I sometimes I do wish I had more people to see that realized in terms of students i think that mm -hmm. would be awesome i think i would learn a lot from it as well looking at the process i um, mean you, you're you're making your books which i think is a wonderful thing because you you, sure. you know it's material that's out there that people can work with mm -hmm. and will and do work with sure and so i i think like the best impact you can have actually is the one that you don't see mm. okay okay and the the reason why i say that is it it you know obviously it means that you may have dry spells in getting positive feedback okay right so maybe like for a few years you don't know what's have, happening have out the there, books yeah. actually worked let's right, say right, right. Like for people <laughs> yeah. but then you realize like 20 years later you know somebody shows up and and you're like 65 let's yeah, say yeah. right and people you're say like, oh hey man yeah. <laughs> thank you so much right. right thanks for doing that for me you don't. You never know yeah. how many people you're touching. Um, and I, I'm, I'm and not. It's not something I crave. I'm not looking for that positive feedback. But I also do no, understand that it takes a couple of decades to seep into. You know. Well, I have. I have to say, I. I there. I had phases in my life where I was craving some positive feedback. Okay. Really, where it was just like. Like I'm just kind of like uh, throwing stuff into the void here. As a musician, and as a musician, okay, yeah. I think yeah. I crave that, but that's the to me the live performance. Yeah, uh, which you always had at a young age, right? You that's know? very, that's so very me, true. It started yeah. like when I was 38 yes, to actually yes, go yes. on the road. So I was kind of like always prepared to go out. Yeah, but I never had the opportunity. Sure. So and and so that's why I then concentrated on producing records on yeah. on. Um, experimenting like, i mean it was good because i had all that time to build my my musical persona mm -hmm. and um you know i wouldn't have it any other way now right. but yeah you've you've always had the live performance yeah the live performance thing. Yeah. yeah interesting that it hasn't always been my own thing um because i did so much work as a freelance musician as a sideman touring and pop and all that stuff but um I've been writing some you know, short films for YouTube recently and really 
digging back into that and realized when I listened to some old bootlegs of my first band in the UK Mm -hmm. that being a band leader or the artist or whatever you want to call it was the number one most important thing right from the beginning, Yes, which is not something I see that often. A lot of people aspire to be a studio musician or a touring side man, which is great, you know, I... But I just, I was like, oh, shit, I did want to do that right from the beginning. And I kind of have to remind myself of that when in, you get in the in, low parts. Interesting, you know? very good. Like, I I think, like, one of the most beautiful things that I've experienced is that I, when I was able to build bridges from, like, my old self, let's mm-hmm. say, to my, my current self. Yes. Meaning, and I think it's something that, like, everybody can try. Like, okay. Like maybe you're only 20 years old, but mm-hmm. remember like this little lick that you maybe came up with when you were 14. Yeah, yeah. And try to use it in a song now. Mm. Don't, don't, you know, just say maybe, ah, it's not good back then. I wasn't good enough or right. blah, blah, blah. So always believe that the things that you did and came up with at any point in your life are valuable and worth it to be explored. Yeah. So for example, like... um one of the pieces uh, that we played, uh, that we're playing with Stickman now, is is a song that I had written when I was fifteen. Whoa! And like I realized, okay, like let's bring this one back, yeah, and bring it back into a completely different world, yeah. And it's, I would say, maybe the most moving piece of the set. Hmm. People always come to me to us after and say, "What was that? Yeah, amazing, right?" And so that's from so long ago, from so yeah. long ago. And, you know, I tr- try to do that, uh, like, regularly, to mm. kind of, like, uh, to look back. I like that building bridge thing. It's building yeah, building yeah, bridges, yeah. Yes, yeah. I like and that. so it's sort of like, in a way, you're, um, in terms of, um, again, of, like, some sort of psychological thinking, mm-hmm. it's like, it's healing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're integrating an old part of yourself. You're making peace with an old experience with maybe like the the thoughts you had about yourself mm-hmm. when you when you were a certain age or whatever like it's it's this 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 idea of the inner child which you maybe have yeah, heard of right yeah. so 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 to to kind of like really um, be, start taking care of that part in yourself because it's never going to go away right. it's there right so you start looking after that inner child right in order in order to find and again, question mark like or they, because like peace or happiness right. or freedom or whatever it's gonna be, or maybe uh, less anxiety or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. But there's there's something like or you start integrating, you know, you you integrating yourself. That's what I mean when I say bridge. Yeah, I think I'm also reconciling all the work I did as well since then when I do that and. And you know the funny thing is it also it also works between people, okay right so you 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 can also say, and this is something that I did, I really loved the music uh of the twentieth century up until say the fifties, okay, and so by taking like just say just something very simple like a, a, a the twelfth tone. Thing yes. that Schoenberg did, yeah, right, and okay, like then I was like fourteen, and mm-hmm. I start, I had heard about that concept. They started writing music with that concept, sure. sort of like building a bridge. Yeah, it's like an old idea, right? And I bring it into my world, where I was listening to David Torn and yeah. you know stuff like that, which had nothing to do with it, like in a way, but 
but sort of like you take things that somebody else, something that somebody else has come up with, yeah. and that is in the past, and you sort of like apply it now for it to have relevance now. And so you that's that's how you can be resource you can pick from any resource yeah. there is. And it's interesting listening to your music as much as I have intensely in the last few days preparing for this interview. I heard so many different things that I imagine are not your intent, but they exist within the layers of what you've listened to and consumed over your life. And I'm talking about like you listen to something something completely free and distorted and angular that you've done with SF Circus or something. Mm -hmm. But then in, in the depths of it, I'm hearing the fucking Yellow Jackets or something like yeah. something very seemingly non-connected but there is there are these layers to it and holds with and this that and like you said 20th century classical music and schoenberg yeah. and 12 tone yeah. Yeah. holy shit yeah and and that's exactly the the good word like you it wasn't intended right and and it's not intended in a way like it's intentionally not intended yes i have to put it this way because <laughs> intentionally it, unintentional yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah which which means you allow yourself the freedom to do anything yeah and like like uh are you aware of nick batch yeah yeah so nick nick is a friend of mine ah, okay. right like uh, we've known each other for almost 20 years and like we all have these discussions and like he he's always so so particular about like okay if you play you have to play something he says it has to be something okay. and i said no nick no it said it can be anything anything yeah right <laughs> 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 have you got him to make an example of him playing anything rather than something i don't know okay <laughs> but we, you know we have this discussions all the time so i'm sure that I, what i say to him has some sort of uh, influence Impact, on him yeah, okay. yeah but yeah he he uh, released one of my albums uh, in 2017 okay uh, falling for ascension oh yeah okay yeah and yeah, no, but we've been friends for a long time, and it, no, just you know, there you go, like language, right? Yeah, something, anything, yeah. Like, but it makes a difference. Big time. Like how do you, how do we think about how do we chunk the world? Um, how emotionally charged are words? Yeah, right. What do they remind us of? <laughs> yeah, right. And 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 it's that it's that level of awareness, uh, especially in 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 as we say musical in music teaching or arts teaching that's that's what makes the difference yeah well maybe that's a very nice place to end the, dis the yeah. discussion yeah leave it open for for future discussions to happen yes. because i think they're like we're just getting towards language and i think that's maybe one of the most important parallels in what we do for sure you know yeah um, yeah I would like to have a discussion with you and my best friend Antonio, who's a PhD linguist from Oxford and also a musician. And uh, yeah, I've been scheming the language discussion for a while, and I'm like picking up more people that I want to involve in it. I, so. I have uh, I have some opinions. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll stick a pin in that. Um, I will say thank you for taking some of your precious time to be Thanks here so and like, yeah. uh yeah go check out all marcus's music i've been listening on spotify i'm sure it's out there on every platform highly recommend that and if you're in the u.s and listening to this on the west coast stickmen are on tour now and on tour in europe in in november in november of mm -hmm. 2023 and you told me also about a project that's happening with trey, with trey gunn, gunn and pat Masolo in this uh, summer august august okay in august and that will be on the east coast on the, the east coast of the u.s so go mm -hmm. check uh, what's your website 
MarcusReuter.com. MarcusReuter.com. Marcus with K. Yes, M-A-R-K-U-S. Reuter. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Reuter. Reuter, ja. Reuter. Reuter, genau. Yeah. <lacht> genau. Gut, vielen Thanks. Dank. Yeah. Tschüss. Vielen Dank. Tschüss. <lacht>